0: dangerous, large carnivore uh, out there. And
1: I saw that bird, did the young deer off the road a away. And it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and looked back, and that's when I saw it. I saw one.
0: Uh, for a week, the, the town of Defiance was being harassed by a werewolf, and it's actually attacked to railroad workers, uh, killed livestock, you know, just a lot of weird stuff that was going on. the Sasquatch Coffee Company, www.squatchcoffee.com Sasquatch Coffee, have you tried it yet? with me today, as always, is my good friend and Bigfoot researcher extraordinaire Shane Hardcore Corson. Shane, how are you? <laughs> I'm
1: doing well, Gunner. What <laughs> I'm doing well. You like um, that introduction? Ah, <laughs> uh, that was that was uh that was uh, above me. Uh thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> doing well. Well, so, you know, you know that I'm a, a huge Shane
0: Corson man, uh, and that uh, any, I, I still think that if, you know, we could give Shane a backpack and uh, put him out in the woods for three months uh, uninterrupted, that he'd come back with uh, some pretty definitive proof,
1: so. Oh, and make it a goal of, my, well, I, it's always a goal of mine, that would make it even much more that's you know a goal of mine but i will tell you there's others out there i know that i'm good friends with uh and some i'm not that probably could do the same thing and uh maybe down the road we'll see that's it's a exciting topic to talk about and discuss but it's what's needed if you're into uh getting to the bottom of this mystery it's going to take uh that sort of endeavor and we're getting there we're getting there and and it's exciting times to be involved in this subject, as I say. Uh, I'm always a, a positive person, but I'll tell you what, exciting times to be involved with the subject, and um, appreciate all the listeners out there listening to Monster X. Uh, I think uh, the, the subject matter and the endeavors by many um, are moving in a positive direction, and uh, though these stumbling blocks and curbs come, that we come across do um, at times uh, can be a hindrance, yeah, it's just part of the course, so stay tuned, and uh, and uh, here's to the future of the subject, and we'll see what happens. You know. Well, I'm I'm uh, still coming off the high of uh,
0: of our show last week because it was we had Cliff on, and, and uh, he was a great guest, and um, he will be um, at the 2016 Ohio Bigfoot Conference uh, coming up here in May. Um, and our guest today is Mark Dorth, the the founder and organizer of Set event. Um, they've got quite a lineup this year. Um, he always puts together a great event. Huge, huge numbers of people show up uh, there in South Fork, for Salt Fork, excuse me, uh, for <laughs> the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. I know besides Cliff, they've they got uh, Bobo is is going to be there. And I I don't think Bobo does a lot of, uh, you know, uh,
1: events. He's pretty – He really doesn't. He's pretty private. He really doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, he is a private guy.
0: um, And uh, the fabulous Mr. Bob Gimlin, the cowboy and gentleman, and, of course, um, one of the gentlemen that was uh, present during the Patterson-Gimlin filming of Patty – and, um, Guy Edwards, our friend and the host of Squatch in Portland, Oregon yeah. is going to be speaking. Um, <clears throat> and I saw a guy do a presentation up in, uh, at the Sasquatch summit this last year and he did, he did a really great job. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to, to hearing what, what, uh, Guy comes up with Uh Sibylla. Um, Erwin is speaking and, uh, I don't know too much about her, are you familiar with her?
1: Uh just a little bit, not a whole lot, but yeah. definitely going to touch upon that uh during the show. You also have uh John Kirk and Wynona Alexis uh as the MCs for the conference. Two good close personal friends of mine that I absolutely adore and uh fantastic uh and one of the 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 uh, headliners uh, that's going to be there is Bob Cat Goldwaite. You know um Oh, quite the celebrity Is and still alive? director. <laughs> yes, he's still alive. <laughs> no, hey, Gunny, funny, I like remember him. Uh, we yes. went to one of the premieres of, uh, down, down here in of Portland. Portland.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: well, Willow Creek. Yeah, both of them, correct, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. No, it's funny because I remember, you know, Bobcat.
0: If, I don't know how many people remember Bobcat from, like, the 80s, and he had the, like, weird
1: voice. and <laughs> Police, and, Academy. You know, yeah, I, police yeah, Academy. Yeah, Police Academy and Hot the Trot right. and many – films but he's also a director and directed oh and a stand up comedian and just an all round all around nice guy. Just I mean just a really nice guy. Yeah, and then he he also has a an interest in Bigfoot, And he he
0: um, wrote and directed uh Willow Creek. So and if you haven't seen it, it it's definitely worth seeing. Um it's it's uh, it was a lot of fun they had it. Um they, had it, they came through the first time and they had the the actor and actress and, um, and Tom Yamarone came with them and they went around and showed it in different places and I uh, went to the initial screening. Then they did some more tweaks to it and uh, they did a second screening and that, it was um, better than 300 people that packed, packed the theater there in Portland. And uh, it, it's a uh, it, it was It's great, and uh, if you haven't seen it, you're going to uh, the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. They're having a special screening Saturday night, so um, mm-hmm. yeah. something else to look forward to. So our exactly. guest today is Mr. Mark DeWorth, the uh, founder and organizer of uh, the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, and we're going to pick his brain a little bit about uh, what we can expect to see at the conference Mark, are you there, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Gunner? What's going on, Shane? How are you? We're doing good. How are you? Doing well. Oh, just uh,
3: making some hot dogs for my middle boy and getting ready <laughs> to uh, go into my office and sit down and relax for a bit. It's been a very, very long last three, four days. <laughs>
1: I, could so, I, I could imagine. I could imagine. Yeah, yeah, Gunner. Yeah,
3: what yeah, I would. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, I was going to say I was I was down in Kentucky with the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization on one of Charlie Raymond's expeditions. And uh, so I've been down there since early Thursday and got home real, real late last night in the wee hours and uh, so just trying to uh, recover from all the fun and all the cool things that uh, Kentucky has to offer in Bigfoot. And uh, you know, it was a huge success. And it was a very, very impressive area to go squatching in, if you want to call it that. And uh, I will have to say, Kentucky definitely has their share of Bigfoot down there.
0: Well, did you actually uh, have any activity while you were out?
3: Yeah, yeah. We we had activity, multiple groups down, did. Uh, we had audio recordings on, oh, it would be Friday night, on Thursday night, um, my, I, myself, and another researcher that was with me, we were sharing a tent, and it was like 2.30 in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning, and we heard a series of five clear wood knocks coming to our, I guess it would be to our west, and then to our east of our tent, two very clear and very distinct whistles replied. And then after the whistles replied, within about another 30 seconds, there were three more knocks from the original direction of the initial knocks. And so we sat there on a, in, a, in the tent, looked at each other, documented the time, wrote it down, and just kept listening. And eventually, we, we fell asleep because we had been out in the woods roughly to about one in the morning, and uh, with no no activity at all. So uh, it was kind of interesting.
0: Well, it sounds like an exciting weekend. Um, I saw pictures of the group. It was a, it was a big group of people out there.
3: Yeah, there was roughly about thirty-five, thirty-eight people. But I mean, it's a huge, huge national park. We were in, a, in and around. So the groups were broken up in like groups of like four and five people, and in uh, the trail systems, going through this part of the of the state are just immense. I mean, I did a a trail. I think on Friday morning, I just went out on a day hike, and it was like six point eight miles of up and down. And uh, you know, it's uh, you know definitely. Uh, definitely some rugged terrain. And the nice thing about this time of the year is that the foliage, especially the underground foliage is, isn't coming in completely yet. So you could actually see where if you wait, maybe three, four more weeks, it's going to be like a jungle and you wouldn't be able to see something 10 feet into the wood line. So it does have some advantages going this time of the year. Oh,
0: cool. Well, the, uh, you've got a big event coming up here shortly. Um, when I'm sure go ahead. I was going to say, when's that <laughs> here, here in the, in the May.
3: Oh, okay. I thought you were talking
0: about my fish club event, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Well, we can talk about your fish club event too, if you want, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm you guys to... like to, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so you've been working hard, I'm sure to, to put together the 2016 Ohio Pickford conference. You got, we were talking before you came on about, about your lineup. Um, it's kind of, kind of a coup to get Bobo um, as a speaker.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a challenge. My, uh, my biggest personal challenge ever. And, uh, you know, and, and just, you know, luck, you know, was on our side and things like that. And just happened to work out and, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's just, you know, the way it, way it goes, I guess, just with the the type of people that were coming to the event, they're friends with him, and he feels real comfortable around them. So, you know, he obviously made that decision that he would be able to attend, and that was part of the reason because of his buddies that were going to
0: be there. So, Right. Well, tell us a little bit about what we can expect from 2016 Ohio Patriot Conference.
3: Well, I think what you, well, you know
0: what you can expect is just a lot of, a lot
3: of fun, a lot of camaraderie, uh, just a lot of cool people from all over the country. We have people coming in from obviously Canada, obviously Europe, uh, New Zealand. We have people coming in from, um, so we pretty much get draw from roughly about. 75 percent of the states in, in 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 america so uh you get a nice mixture of people from everywhere from skunk ape land from mississippi swamp ape land northeast you know like the in massachusetts in vermont and new hampshire you get a lot of the hardcore east coasters upstate new york then of course you get the midwest folks like ohio indiana illinois iowa missouri places like that up in minnesota up there and then you get people that come in even from like texas tennessee you know all through the uh, southwest california oregon washington bc we can go on and on Uh, i think i got people coming from idaho and montana this year um so you can expect just a wide array of new faces just like every year is and a lot of normal faces that you typically see every year but i think uh i think it's going to be a good mesh of people that uh you know are really into the you know the bigfoot creature and obviously from the flesh and blood viewpoint and, uh, you know, it's just going to be three or four days of constant, uh, activities from Friday's advanced hike to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Friday's meet and greet at night at the Salt Fork State Park Lodge. And then, obviously, the conference itself is Saturday all day. Vendors, I think, open up around 10 in the morning. And there'll be vending tables from, like, 10 to, like, 6 or 7 in the evening. And there'll be mobs of people for the vendors. And then, of course, the conference begins roughly around 1 o'clock. So uh, definitely going to be a, a, a mob or, a, should I say, a sea of humanity or squatch manity <laughs> you know, it, 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 in the Salt Fork Lodge.
0: So and then, of Mark, course...
3: Uh, go, ahead.
0: Oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Mark, finish. finish well, your then thoughts. I
3: was going to say, and then I, and then after the conference, the conference typically ends, all the speakers and things like that typically end around 7.30, and then what we do is we usually take a little break, maybe an hour, an hour and a half, and then we're going to have uh, Bobcat, Goldplate, and uh, Willow Creek uh, be viewed live there at the conference, and uh, they're going to have the himself his producer and uh the two stars of the movies are going to be present and they're going to be answering Q&A and obviously signing autographs and posters and videos and everything like that and you know to have to have Bobcat who's just like an everyday ordinary guy to be honest with you, he's really into Bigfoot very interested in the subject and he shows a lot of passion when it comes to you know uh these types of events I was kind of caught off guard when he wanted to contact me about it and when he did, and you we know, asked if I could possibly get him any tickets and things like that. So I said, so let me make a call and get back to you because I really didn't have any tickets. And uh, so I made a call <laughs> to a nice lady that I know that buys a lot of tickets every year. And She typically buys like six, seven tickets, and she, and this is to get her friends to come with her. But every year they always back out. So I called her up and I said, "Hey, are your friends coming this year?" And she goes, "Yeah, right." And I explained the situation. I said, "Hey, you'd be giving up a seat for for Bobcat gold, gold plate And she goes, "I'll tell you what, consider it done." And so she took care of them on that angle, and uh, so so they got tickets. And then he said, "Well, hey, now that I got tickets, you might maybe I could show my movie." And I said, "You know what? That'd be cool too." So it just kind of worked out, and. You know, it's going to be just a great fun time. And then, of course, after the conference on Saturday, Sunday we have what's called the Ohio Bigfoot Festival. And what that is, that's like a, it's a, it's an like in the morning it starts and it becomes a cookout. And then at the end it follows up with a hike. But the cookout is a. Uh, brought to us by uh, the people at the United States Bigfoot Research Association. They p- provide all the food. They cook it all right there, and, you know, people can come. It's a free event to attend, and this way, if you have a large family with kids, and you, you know, you can't afford to buy all those tickets. You can just come to this event on Sunday – and we'll have a, a multiple how-to clinics going around, like track casting, sound recordings, and different different things that will entertain everyone in little groups. And uh, and then, like I said, it'll be followed up by a family-friendly hike that right in the park, uh, hosted by uh, Alan uh, McGargle and, and Jesse Morgan. They're Fathom Frontiers up here in Northeast Ohio, and they do a lot of uh, family hikes at Salt Fork throughout the year. So uh, I asked them if they would be willing to host that part of the event, which they were thrilled to. And just give me another added benefit. And, of course, all the speakers will be there. And Snuffy DeStefano will be back doing custom chainsaw carving and everything like that. So uh, it will be pretty darn awesome.
0: So, I mean, Salt Fork has, has a rich history of gatefort of reports and stuff, doesn't it? I mean, it, it's a pretty uh, – Yes, yes, it does. Salt Fork in. is
3: Salt Fork has always had a history of reports from way back in the in the sixties, in the early seventies when they started building the lake and making the park When the park first opened, there were multiple sightings on the initial week when it opened, especially when the state park campground opened up, where it got to the point where they were getting calls like in in a week period of six or seven reports of these big, hairy creatures coming up to the dumpsters and scaring the campers. And it got to a point where they one there was a call in the it, it, at, at night from a camper to the ranger station telling the ranger that they saw this Sasquatch and it was heading right toward the ranger station. Well, the ranger who was there was was positioned by a window looking outside and he said as he was talking on the mic and I had interviewed him years ago, he said I happened to look up to the left and I see this huge face looking in at me. His initial reaction, he had the microphone in his right hand, was to grab the mic and p- punch at the window. And when he did, he put the hands through the window so much, he ended up needing like, like 35 stitches. And he got, you know had to go to the hospital, and it's all documented and everything like that, but he swears up and down that something, this huge ape-like head was looking down at him. And if you saw where the window was at the time, it was, had to be at least eight feet tall when it was looking down at him. And uh, so basically when all these people started showing up to this park, the Bigfoots that were living in this part of Guernsey County, what's going on here? And uh, so there was a whole slew of reports when the park first opened, including rangers. And so it was a very interesting place. And then the sightings continued through the 70s into the 80s and all the way up to present day. And, uh, um, yeah, there's there's sightings there, but not, I don't think there's as much as people make out to be because there's a lot of people that visit that park. So uh, when you have all those people, I mean, I don't think Bigfoots are stupid enough to hang around that long, let's say, but, uh, but yeah, there's activity for sure.
1: Yeah. The, uh, when that area, you know, it, it's, it's a really cool area. Uh, a lot of the, uh, people that I talk to, uh, some even a part of the show, um, suggest that, you know, it's not an area that uh, possibly, and I don't know and I'm sure they don't know either, but if Sasquatch doesn't hunker down and it, it maybe just passes through um, and you do have the human element there because it is a, a, a highly sought out area.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and there that's there, that's the problem is you have so many researchers now. Once Finding Bigfoot hit there and the and the conference started, you know, doing the event there, that's when it just really took off and just in popularity and if you go to their like their state their state park gift shops that they have within the park, the number one selling items or shirts and stuff are always Bigfoot related. So I mean, they sell lots of Bigfoot merchandise. So when you plant the seed that Bigfoot's there, everything and everyone's Bigfoot. So you have to you have to take it with a grain of salt and just say, hey, you know what? There have been credible sightings there. I know uh, one of the really well-known researchers was Robert W. Morgan, who had researched in Ohio. He re- researched out in Oregon and Washington. Did a documentary movie there in I think Washington State. He had a sighting yeah. there in the in the in the 1980s, right by Hozek's Cave. And, uh, so, so, I mean, so yeah, there's some credence to things that go on there, but to be honest with you, Shane and Mm Gunnar, that I think it's more of a transit area where they're passing through and they're going to Mm -hmm. the more remote private areas that are very, very vast, like Egypt Valley, which is over near Belmont County and, Wills Creek and the Keshocton, muskingum County line, and then up into Kishocton, which is a Woodbury Wildlife Area, and even all the way up into Mohican Memorial Forest area and Holmes and Ashland county so so like I say people they're not hang i mean they come through the park, yeah they do, but not all, not as much as people want to think so
1: and perhaps not as much as they used to, perhaps i mean what was what what period of time i mean uh, Sasquatch reports uh really abundant. I mean, you know, eighties, seventies, sixties, nineties, seventies. Seventies, yeah.
3: Yeah, the seventies and eighties. I'll be honest with you, when I started first doing research with Don Keating in the in the early nineties, the majority of the reports we were receiving in Guernsey County were like where Salt Fork would sit, they would be west of Salt Fork and west of I-77, which goes north-south from Cleveland all the way down to, like, Florida. And that would be, like, in the Kimbolton Plainfield area of Guernsey County, um, Wills Creek, which is Coshocton, Guernsey County almost. And then, of course, the most reports by far was Coshocton County, Woodbury Wildlife Area. I mean, there was, in a 10-year period, there probably was close to seventy five viable reports that came out of there. I mean, within a a 10, 12-mile radius of the heart of Woodbury. And to this day, Woodbury's active. There's just not a lot of people looking there. And when people call or send me an email and ask, hey, where should I go squatching in salt Fork, I tell them, don't go there. There's going to be researchers on every ridge line. Go here and learn those trails, learn those old strip mines, and that's where you're going to find them. If they're hiding anywhere, those are perfect places.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, and, and Mark, your personally for yourself, uh, I mean, is this, is that area a key area of your research, or do you have other areas? I mean, that uh, you know now or in the past that you have researched that you find um, a little more um, a little more compelling nowadays as far as evidence.
3: I like I like the Wills Creek area near the Muskingum County Coshocton line. It's an old. Uh, it's, it's a part of like the watershed district that's the, basically the core of engineers where they do water management through building dams and controlling water during floods and stuff. And that valley down in there, and it's vast, it's huge, it's American electric power has land right up to it. And it's a, it's a very inhospitable or inhospitable, you know, it, and yeah, you know, it's just a nasty place in general. Um, there's lots of high walls, lots of cliffs. If you're not careful, it's not a place you want to be going to at night if you don't know where you're going because you could be hiking along and step off a 200-foot drop, and that would be it. But, the, yeah. but if you look at the topo maps of the area, there's, there's just lakes everywhere, just all winding throughout these strip mines. And with all that water source, you know what it's attracting. It's going to attract white-tailed deer, And then it's going to attract you-know-who looking for the white-tailed deer. So, I mean, it's just a great area, and uh, that's one of my favorite spots. But there's other good areas in the state. I mean, there's some great areas over near Belmont County, which is over near the Ohio P8 West Virginia area, over south of Bethesda over there, and uh, Egypt Valley is really good. Uh, I mean, there's great areas even close to Cleveland. Cuyahoga Valley National Park has actually had a lot of, you know, alleged Bigfoot incidents, and... You know, and, of course, you got extreme southern Ohio, which is very vast, very forested, very hilly, and very sparsely populated. You don't get as many reports out of there due to the population ratio, but there's still reports that come out of there. And uh, that's an area that, tell you what, I've had some incidents over the years of investigating that really scared the you-know-what out of me. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, take it for what it's worth.
1: Right. You know, one of the uh, questions I, I keep seeing pop up. Uh, directed at you, Mark, is uh, have you ever seen a Sasquatch? Have you ever had a sighting?
3: I saw something in 1997 over in the southern Cishocton County that, you know, after seeing it, uh, it kind of changed my outlook on what people were telling me they were seeing, Mm -hmm. and uh, after, after having that happen, you know, I, I came to the realization that Jesus, you know, these, uh, these people that you know, I've been talking to, you know, these, some of these people must be telling the truth because, you know, what I had caught a glimpse of that day in daylight, you know, definitely fit the description of, of, of a Bigfoot-like creature. And so, like most people say, when, you know, seeing is believing. Well, after seeing, I, I, I quickly, like, fully understood what some of these people were going through, let's say. Yeah,
1: what, what uh, in particular for you, whether it's your own research or those that you know, do you find um, interesting, compelling, or you know, plausible, possible evidence out there? Is there anything that sticks out? You know, whether it's audio, video, or just uh, reports taken in. I mean, what what, what keeps you going? Um, and I do want to talk about. We'll get we'll get back to the conference here, but uh, what keeps oh, you going? Sure. And, and
3: yeah. You know, what keeps me going is the people, the the, the friendships I've made. It's just kind of like what you guys are doing out west. You guys have a real nice core group of friends. You enjoy being with them. And you know what? If you can tie the outdoors, you know, from fishing, hunting, hiking, birding, all into Sasquatch, it makes it funner for everyone. And then, of course, I, as you guys know, I do lots of lots of talks in Ohio at libraries for scouts and for other organizations. And when you get all these people, that show up to these events, hundreds and hundreds of them in most cases, at every event, it's just amazing to see the interest, in this, and especially with the kids, when you see the looks on their face, and, you know, like they're, they're glued to every word you say, so you have to be a good ambassador to them, and you have to teach them, you know, that, hey, you know you don't have to believe in Bigfoot, but you know what there's there's nothing wrong with going out in the woods and looking or or enjoying nature and uh, you know so I think over the years that's what's kind of satisfied me the most you know the videos, the audio there's some great stuff. I was listening to some stuff that uh Man- Halo uh, was playing at the mm-hmm. Kentucky expedition and phenomenal stuff I mean talk about like like yells from all over the country that if you listen to six or seven in a row. Different parts of, the, of our country. It's like, wow, there's definitely a consistent pattern, and so yeah, those are that's great, interesting. But like I say, what, what really gets me is just to to to, uh, to spread the word that hey, you don't have to believe in this, but you know at least hear me out or hear us out, and at least give us the respect that it, that you know twenty years ago you didn't get any respect at all. Now Bigfoot is cool; it's mainstream, and we got to ride it as long as we can.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with you there, and you're you're one of the forefront proponents of this thing. I mean, you're out there speaking to people, talking at conferences, talking at uh, different events, um, really getting it out there. You know, uh, fi- the shows like Finding Bigfoot and this phenomenon will eventually pass, but people like yourself, Mark, will not. This is uh, a quite the endeavor and something that, I, you know, you, you're you not going to drop. It's not a popularity contest. You're not making any money off it. It's something that you have a passion for.
3: Yeah, you know what, if you're doing something, you've got to be passionate about it. So, you know, and I always tell people, like when I did a little talk at the Kentucky Expedition this, this, this past few days, I, I told all these hardcore researchers there that, you know what, if you're not having fun doing it, this is not something for you because if you're going to take it to heart where it just causes your hair to fall out you know and you're stressing over who's doing what and why this isn't for you you need to take it from the you know you have to look at it from a from a, a of a you know this is a group effort people need to work together and cooperate and uh, people need to get along i mean you know, all you have to do is read the history of, of Bigfoot research when it started back, you know, in in the 60s with the Patterson film and from on, on out. I mean, there was a lot of great researchers, our, the people we look up to, but there was a lot of disagreement, a lot of disparity, a lot of bad things said back and forth. And it continued heck up into the 90s, a lot of this stuff. So I was, now that we have this popularity and shows like Finding Bigfoot, you know what, you know, I give those guys credit there because, for them to last as long as they had, or they have, is, is fantastic. And because what it's doing, it's getting us new fans of the subject, even if they're just casual, but at least they're going to come out and kick the tire and see what they see and make their own opinion on it. And, that, and that's so important. And we need to be, we need to be the people that tell these, these younger generation, hey, even if you don't believe, it's still cool to get out in the woods. And hopefully that will stick in their mind.
1: Right, it's very cool to go in the woods. But there's also, regardless if you believe or not in the subject, there is history there that I think is important, history. Um, for those specifically in, interested in the subject to go back and look upon, you know, you can learn from past mistakes. Uh, and, and if you're a researcher or enthusiast, you can look at the past and, and, and look at what's going on now. A lot of it's similar, a lot of it's different. But there is a huge interest in this. Um, and I don't I don't see it dying down anytime soon. Do you? I mean, you, you, you talk to hundreds of people. I mean, you talk to a lot of people, Mark, and you have a great influence and a great outreach. Do you see this dying down anytime soon? Do you see any positive uh, feedback?
3: Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and maybe two, three years ago, you know, I remember doing a couple talks and, You know, I mean, I remember they had to move it outside because there was like 350 people that showed up for a place that could hold 150. So we literally just winged it, went outside, set everything up real quick and and did the talk. But but and I kind of thought to myself, I said, I said, is this the peak of Bigfoot popularity? And I remember driving home with Bigfoot Dave and him and I were talking. I said, you know what? I think we just saw like that, 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 that pinnacle for the popularity. And I said, I, I would expect after some time for it to start going down and maybe just kind of, you know, I won't say fizzle out, but let's just say, you know, kind of level out somewhere. But, but surprisingly, you know, it, it, it just hasn't happened, which is kind of shocking. And, uh, because you know how things are, everything's a fad and, uh, and, but you know, Bigfoot, I, it's just that, you know, it's it's something that's that's out there, and people need want to know more. And, I, I mean, like I say, you just have to keep networking and keep talking to people and keep shaking hands and, and uh, you know, like I say, give them some hope. I mean, you know, I always tell people, be skeptical. You have to be. That's the only way you can, can do it. But you know what? There's too many people seeing these things, and it's continues so to this day to just kind of sweep it under the rug and walk away.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I I 100% agree with you. Do you see, Mark, uh, and are you getting um, collaboration? Do you see, uh, uh, for me personally, I'm seeing collaboration uh, like I've never seen it before. Uh, There's groups collaborating, individuals collaborating, behind the scenes on Facebook and these different avenues, uh, social media, but I see a lot of collaboration, and for me personally, I think we're getting somewhere. I really do. Uh, The collaboration is a huge key point, uh, uh, you know, thing with this phenomenon. Without it, I don't think we're going to get anywhere. But I'm, I'm really seeing a lot of collaboration, a lot of like-minded individuals um, sharing their data, getting together. Uh, I know the Ohio Bigfoot Conference is a perfect venue for such an endeavor. I mean, are you seeing that? Oh yeah. I mean,
3: it's just. The cooperation, everyone working together. I mean, I'm the kind of person, I get lots of reports. Yes, you know, I'm an I'm a BFRO investigator. I get lots of, you know, work a lot of reports with my fellow Ohio Bigfoot investigators for the BFRO, but also I get lots of reports just through the conference. And, uh, you know, if there's a report that's right in someone's backyard that I know is a researcher or knows in a different group, I forward it on to them because, to me, I think it's not a good service to not send a fresh report to someone that's close, that could possibly find physical evidence, and and I think back in the day people were too protective of over, of everything, which that meant evidence that could have been documented never got at properly documented. So, uh, you know, in terms of that, the conference has just been a tool to, like I say. M- bring people together and share ideas, share notes, share research, and, and listen to stories and tell their own stories. And, uh, you know, like I say, I mean, every year, I think someone told me this like a couple of weeks ago, he goes, do you remember like in 2012 we had two kids I said, Yeah, I remember I named their names. He said, Then twenty thirteen there was like six kids and they said all of a sudden like fourteen there was twenty five kids. Then fifteen there was probably fifty kids. Well, who knows this year there might be a hundred kids there this year. So kids are coming out of the woodwork and uh so yes, it's definitely uh you know, it's a tool that that's that's being used to to really spread the word on the subject and to spread the word on sharing information.
1: Right, right. Yeah, once again totally agree with you in and- and I think, you know, these conferences, or especially, specifically, you know, a lot of these Bigfoot conferences out there, um, sometimes they get a bad rap, uh, oh, it's just a place for for um, uh, the big names to uh, stroke, you get their ego stroked, or, you know, blah, 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 but some of the, um, have attending quite a few conferences, and, and speaking at one up here uh, in September, but the, some of the best uh, collaboration uh, has taken place at these conferences and some of the best um, evidence and stuff has been shared at these conferences and I've made a lot of contacts and one of the cool things uh, like you were commenting a second ago is there's a lot of people attending these conferences not only with valuable information but you have a lot of uh, younger age people attending them brilliant minds that you're kind of setting a precedence for um, to get involved in the subject and to to help expand upon it, that down the road, uh, some of these people attending at a young age may be the problem solvers, may be the future of what, what we're trying to do and go with. And uh, To me, that's really exciting, and your, your Ohio Baker Conference is a perfect opportunity and platform for this sort of thing to take off.
3: Well, you know, when you say the young people you're you're absolutely correct. There's so many kids that want to be primatologists, that want to be anthropologists, even archaeologists, but and because of their interest in Bigfoot, when the, well, hopefully some of them will get to their PhD someday and then be able to take that PhD and really be able to tackle the subject matter, you know, uh with, from a scientific, you know, a standpoint with some believability in their mind that will help them not be so uh should I say, uh, afraid to admit things or uh, to admit evidence, you know, because that's the biggest problem is some of these old school professors, it's not that they don't believe, they don't want to believe, because it would just mess up everything they've ever learned or were trained to know. And uh, so we need this young generation of scientists to, to kind of stick their neck out on, on, the, on a limb and say, hey, this stuff needs to be looked at. And, and I mean, you're absolutely right. I, there's many people that have come to our events that were going to college to be, you know, uh, anthropologists or biologists. And, you know, I'm still in contact with them in, in, to this day. And, then, and some of them have PhDs, and they're very, very willing to look into Bigfoot on a serious level, and that's what we need more of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we need more of this, and we need more collaboration, and I think uh, venues like the Ohio Big Bigfoot Conference is a perfect place. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Mark, I, I don't know anybody out there that does the amount of work that you do in promoting and and whatnot to get a conference together. Uh, can you speak a little bit about, um, you know, I, I, you, you, this all started, I believe, back in 2012. Can you talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> the painstaking process and what you've done to make this the biggest uh, conference out there for the subject of Sasquatch?
0: Well, I mean,
3: it, basically what it was, it's I, I, I guess it was like some, ta- some
1: kind of a pride thing.
3: And uh, to me, I was always disappointed how these – I'm not saying how the conferences were, but I was just disappointed in 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 the the animosity that went on between groups and up and and events and things like that. And I always said that if I ever, you know, would would do my own event, that uh, that I would take it to the level that it's capable of being at, and and basically just drawing out a plan in my mind and and uh with the and obviously, with the help of a lot of great folks and and volunteers and helpers and things like that, it's like you kind of build a vision and you just go with it and uh you know the Salt Fork State Park Lodge is just such the perfect venue, and you know I always tell people you need to find your venue first before you sell your product, and when you have a great venue the product's going to sell itself especially if you're willing to invest the time and money into the into the the, the the guts of the product you're trying to promote and that's obviously bringing in the great speakers uh into have interesting you know uh events that take place within the event you know have uh you know obviously anything and everything you can to help promote the subject matter and uh and uh you know and make sure it's where where the word family screams on its label like this is not just the serious person event this is where dad and his son or mom and his daughter or vice versa can come and and sit and listen about Bigfoot and maybe go on a hike and enjoy the woods and learn more and and you know that's just part of the process and and I you know and I always say when I do things especially events and I've done lots of events and even not especially non Bigfoot related there's no reason to do an event if you're not going to do an event that's worthwhile that that you might step outside and look in and say I'd attend that event and and that's, to me, that's what's important. I, it would have to be an event that I'd be willing to attend, and, uh, and that's what I. That's that's basically what we try to do is make the best event we can. And it's not a competition; it's just passion. And we want to. We want Ohio to be, you know, looked 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 on look looked upon as a, like a shining star. I remember Renee DeHinden. Renee used to go, Mark. You know what? I don't think the the sasquatch in ohio but you know you guys are good at making public awareness about it and you know and that's something that's stuck <laughs> in my mind and uh you know, and that's just how old renee was i mean because you know what i mean he didn't think there was anything east of the mississippi either did peter so i mean that's just the way it went because that they were old school and that's you know that was their right they were looking in the places where the heck there's tons of bigfoots but but uh you got to you to go with it and you got to be positive and you got to keep people informed that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you do a fantastic job of keep keeping people informed um and promoting the event and and uh seeking out the the speakers. Uh you really do have a, a re- I mean in my opinion, a really stellar uh lineup. Uh and I know most of them, you know, uh do you mind talking a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the individuals and uh, what they may or, you know may be talking about at these events, at this event? Yeah, sure,
3: sure.
0: Yeah, no problem. Go ahead. <laughs> Ask away.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you have, uh, yeah, like you said before, you have James Bobo Fay, Cliff Brackman, uh, Bob Gimlin, Guy Edwards, Sybil Irwin, Tom Yamarone. And then, of course, you have good friends of Mine as well, you know John Kirk and Wynona, who are going to be the MCs. But uh, you know what a stellar lineup, and then you have Bob get, you know Goldweight. Uh, wow, I mean, yeah, yeah, and there will probably
3: be, there'll be some more surprises too. Mark my word, and uh, but you know it's just these are my friends too, just like you said, and and you know these people they want to come. They you know Bob, you know for example he. Every year, you know, when I'm getting ready to say goodbye to him, he's like, Mark, he says, if I'm 125 years old and I can still ride a horse, I'm coming. And, you know, and I told Bob, Bob, you have that open-door policy. You're, if you want to come, you, we're there for you. You're coming. We're bringing you. And, uh, you know, he's a great guy, a great man. He's, I mean, he's probably – in the top two or three of the nicest, most gen, you know, generous and caring people I've ever met. I mean, he's a true cowboy, a true, you know, he'd be like someone you'd follow into battle. I mean, he, I have mm. such respect for him. And, uh, um, you know, like I say, for anyone to try to disrespect or degrade Bobby, I mean, that's obviously you don't know the man. I mean, he's just that good of a fella, and uh, I look forward to seeing him again. And and you know, we always have good times. And uh, you know, like I say, he's a class A individual. And uh, you know, and it's through his eyes that a lot of us got to learn that experience, what happened to him on October 20th, 1967. And uh, and through those eyes, and through hearing his voice, I mean, you know darn well what happened that day. You don't need anything more. And, uh, and then of course, you know, you got Cliff, you know, Cliff, what can you say? He's just the, the nicest guy, you know, you could ever be around. I mean, he's just so, yeah. you know, caring, giving and uh, courteous to everyone. And he always takes the time to put the special effort into, to say hello to people and to make you feel welcomed. And he's just another, what should I call just an ordinary Bigfoot researcher that happens to be on TV And, uh, you know, and he's a, you know, he's someone that from here on out, he's going to be the, the person people are going to be looking up to for a long time, because you know, he's not going anywhere in this subject. He's going to be here for the long haul. And I look forward to hopefully being here with him. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah. you know and so on so and then of course you have sybilla Irwin. sybilla is a bfro investigator who's from the texas tennessee area but she's also an expert sketch witness artist and what okay. she does is she does she doesn't many expeditions for the bfro in the southeast and she's an excellent leader and planner and organizer but she also interviews and and uh, many many witnesses including habituation type reports and she actually interviews witnesses and does sketch eyewitness sketch drawings of of these sightings and what they're seeing especially the real close encounters and and basically her talk is going to be centered on a lot of her these invest, investigations with these real close eyewitness reports and she's going to unveil some sketches of what these people saw and a couple of the witnesses are actually going to be attending the event so you'll be able to hear the story from their mouth and to be able to see the finished product that Civilla did so I think it's going to be a fantastic presentation and it's going to be something I can't wait to see the finished product let's just say but uh but uh so like I say Civilla's wonderful awesome you know one of the best I've ever dealt with and and of course you got Guy Edwards. Everyone knows Guy Edwards. I mean <laughs> only if he would just bring his ox with him, I'd be happy. But uh, you know, and Guy and Guy Guy's always someone I've looked up to. I mean, I saw how he built that Bigfoot lunch club into like an empire. I mean if, if Saruman had a Bigfoot site it would be the Bigfoot Lunch Club. I mean, it's just it's just such a phenomenal site. I hope you got the reference. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. But uh
3: yeah. Yeah. I'm a Tolkien fan, so <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but guys, guys just uh, he's, he's just so well-versed and so, so knowledgeable into the subject because of all the people he has at his events, and he's such a great historian on it, too, and I love that historical, you know, aspect of it, and, you know, to have people that really delve deep into the history from, from the beginning to the present day, that's just something that a lot of people, especially when you have new people at your event, you know, when they can learn the kind of the basic history, that's going to kind of help them paint a picture of what this thing could be or or if they're if they are going to become more interested in 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 delving deeper into the into the idea or the or the or the or the the, the, could be the fact that this thing exists so uh, um, so I'm looking forward to that and then of course you got John and Winona I mean John and Winona are very close friends of mine too and uh, you know and I kind of thought I knew they probably couldn't come this year because obviously you know they have plans in September yeah. And uh so I made sure I said to them, Hey, what if I, you know, uh bring you out and, and uh you know, get your tickets and pick up your room as a wedding or as a present. <laughs> so uh so and I said, So if you guys wanna come it's on me and they did so and uh um so they're coming out and I they're gonna be the MCs which is gonna be awesome because I mean John Kirk he's like the Austin Powers of Bigfoot. And, uh, you know, and then Winona is like, like the Lady Galadriel of Bigfoot. So, uh, so wise, so wonderful, so beautiful. And so that's going to be just awesome to have them there. And, of course, my my bestest of bestest is Tom Yamarone. I mean, I told Yam, I go, you got an open invitation every year. I want you out there. I want you playing music. I want you entertaining. And he's just such an ambassador you know to to and he's so inviting to people, he makes people feel welcomed, he makes people feel you know wanted and needed and when you do that, it just people walk away with a smile after you meet tommy amarone so and oh, and of course oh, we, you can, of course, Jerry Crew knew what to do, so you can't go go wrong there so uh <laughs> um but so all in all, I mean, you know it's just a great great thing to have all these friends and they want to come and believe me if you saw how many people contact us every year about speaking at the event they send resumes they send video presentations they send everything and uh, you know and we appreciate it but uh but uh you know we have a real kind of strict should i say you no. Know, uh Policy on what types of speakers we bring in. We're obviously not interested in hearing about woo and and portals and dilithium crystals and all that stuff. But uh, you know, we're we're a true flesh and blood type type event. Yeah. So, <laughs> Indeed. You like the dilithium <laughs> crystals, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that. Yeah. Uh. So. But um it is what you know, it is. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, uh is uh, a question from I believe chat is Rick Emmett from Triumph. Oh. Is he gonna be at the conference?
3: You know what, I know Rick. He's my guitar hero, Him and Angus Young are my guitar heroes, and Rick I've got to know pretty well because he comes to Cleveland a lot and plays, and so I always get backstage passes, and and uh, so I sit there and talk with Rick uh, about all the, the times that I've seen them in concert, including at the US Festival in 83 in San Bernardino, California, and never knowing of Triumph. And after seeing that concert, how Triumph blew the whole the whole lot of people away on Heavy Metal Sunday, including Van Halen and the Scorpions and Ozzy and Motley Crue. And then I always said, if the, there was one there was one great there was one single guy that was the greatest guitarist player that year, and it wasn't Eddie Van Halen, it was Rick Emmett. I mean, he tore it up. And after seeing that, I said, wow, I got to find these guys' records. And sure as heck, started buying my collection of Triumph actually l p s and then eventually cassettes and so on but uh you know yes, Rick's a great great musician and one of my idols
1: <laughs> you know the uh one of the things I appreciate about these conferences as well is the fact that um a lot of you know you're not going to say you're not going to hear the same thing from every speaker that you heard at other conferences or um um on social media or other avenues. You're, uh, I know a lot of these guys that are attending this conference are going to bring their A game and the newest and latest uh, things that they've been working on, that they've discovered, that they've been shared with. Uh, and I know you know, Cliff Berkman, for example, is going to do a stellar job. Uh, people are going to oh, be involved yeah. <laughs> with listening to him as well as many of the other speakers. But I know that many of them, and I'm talking to them, I'm talking to them personally, and, and they're working on that uh, right now. I mean, they're, it's a work in progress, but they want to provide the public with some of the newest stuff, what's going on, where the field is going, and that's exciting. And to be a part of that, to see the progress, to see where uh, things are developing, um, you're going to hear it at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference uh, from some of the top people in the field. And and you're going to get to mingle with them. You know, these events are very personable. Uh, You get to talk. You know, I mean, it's not as if they just speak and disappear. They're very, very crowd oriented and interact. Um, Are you guys going to have like a and a uh, at the end of the conference or anything like that?
3: Yeah, you know, there there, there usually is, and, uh, you know, it's just something that, you know, when I talk it over with John and Winona, we'll kind of go over the schedule and things like that, but we usually have a and a, a Q&A of that type, let's say, so more than likely, yeah, there will be, it just depends, I mean, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times it's, centered, you know, there'll be a and a even on Sunday, I mean, so, right. just really, de- it really depends, so, you know, I guess it depends how I feel, and, You know, and if I think that there's any anything warranted that needs to be asked, but you know the speakers are great because they all have vendor tables which are right out in the main public area. So even if you don't have a ticket to the event, you still can come through the vending area and the speakers will will be there. And so if say you wanted to ask them a specific question, you can go to their table and ask that, Mm -hmm. and they'll be there most throughout the day. So you'll be able to ask all the questions you want, especially the ones that you maybe weren't able to ask during the actual presentation. And a lot of times you can get your answers that way, and yet you can meet them on a more personal level too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and talk to them individually and share. If you have something to share, they're very open to listening and um, they're willing to answer your questions. I mean, you don't get the full, uh, you know, they have a presentation. But you don't get the full, uh, you know, whatever they're sharing. I mean, there's many things you could ask them uh, after the fact. And they're going to be around, uh, most of them are going to be around all weekend. And so you have a chance to uh, mingle and talk to them and uh, get to know them a little better. And they're all very approachable. Uh, I know you seek out people like that. And everybody on your list seems that way.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, and, you know, another thing is that, you know, Salt Fork has a pretty. Pretty large amount of sleeping beds. Let's say they have 144 rooms on the lodge, which obviously sell out in you know days from the announcement of the the event. And uh, and then there's a there's the there's the uh, cabins which they have roughly 30 or so cabins that are sleep up to 10 people. And then you have a state park campground real close, right within the same facility that's roughly has like over 250 sites. So I mean, think of this: the entire Salt Fork State Park area, the lodge, the cabins, the campground, is all Bigfooters. So I mean, literally, if you, <laughs> if you ran down the middle of the, of the campground in a suit, <laughs> you probably wouldn't make it more than two spots before you got tackled, mugged, beaten, or whatever. But uh, but I mean, yeah, literally, it's just it's it's amazing. I mean, and think of it: they start coming in some as early as Wednesday. And some stay as late as Tuesday, so the right. state park—I mean, the, that park gets just filled with Bigfooters. I mean, I guess if you know, if you—I guess if there's a good time for a Bigfoot to do like a walk across a hundred-acre hundred open field, it's that weekend. Just do it somewhere up north, like 50 miles north, because all the researchers will be at Salt Fork.
0: So,
1: yeah, one of the uh, questions in chat is, you know, when <clears throat> do you think we're going to actually get? Uh, solid DNA evidence. Uh some sort something solid. Uh do you see that happening anytime soon? Uh do you, you know, know of I, anything?
3: I do see it happening soon. I just think there's a lot of good groups, you know, for example, like the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization, you know, you got the BFRO, you got the Olympic project, and you, there's just a lot of them across the country that are doing fantastic work and documenting things very, very professionally. And I think it's just a matter of time where the, one of these groups or just a, another group of some sort, or even an individual is going to, you know, stumble upon someone that had found something. It could be a body part. It could be an arm. It could be, you know, where they found blood and they collected it properly, but I, I truly do feel that it's going to, going to, uh, um, you know, happen, and it's going to happen in our lifetime. So, mm-hmm. I, so I, I mean, it's just it's just a matter of time. The biggest problem that we're running into, Shane, is that most people that find any kind of physical evidence and. Uh, um, you know, they're asking about the uh, physical evidence and stuff like that is, is that they're not collecting it properly. And typically it's contaminated. And let's face it, any of the scientists, if you try to say if it's collected, not correctly, they're going to say it's, 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 it's not, uh, it can't be considered anything, you know, regardless because of the human contamination. So it's, it's, uh, um, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, I think it's definitely going to happen.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, it's definitely going to happen. I think there's a lot of evidence being compiled that's not being shared right now, but it's just a work in progress. Uh, it's just not good enough yet, but it's getting there. You know, I know Cindy Dosen out of uh, uh, Vancouver Island is, is well, she's a personal hero of mine and fantastic woman that is uh, collecting a lot of data on hairs being sent to her, and she does it for free, you know. Uh, she, she keeps the sample that you send to her, but she is collecting an unprecedented amount of uh, hair evidence for something unknown um, that, and that there's others out there doing similar work, but uh, some that I personally work with that I, you know, I think uh, is, is really um, extraordinary and, uh, and, and it's valuable and exciting. And we I personally think Mark that we, we live in exciting times with this subject. You know, uh, a lot of things that were done in the past are you know, are, are being done now, but, we're also expanding upon that. Uh, we have technology in our hands. We have uh, just collaboration. Uh, I mean, we, we live in exciting times. Do you agree? I mean, we are um, yeah. on the killer of the, some amazing things.
3: This is the golden era, and this ah. is the chance where, where because of its popularity and because of of uh cooperation with even government agencies u s forest service state parks you know on, on national even and local levels that here's your opportunity to really really be able to go deeper than we've ever been able to go before to to search and find physical evidence and you know uh um i i just typically uh and uh I, you know I just typically uh you know feel that that we kind of have a it's almost like the open checkbook I, you know policy where where now they're not going to look so down on you and, and they're going to uh, um, you know kind of welcome welcome you into their into their their forests and stuff like that, and I'm talking as in the agencies themselves and mm-hmm. so when you have this opportunity, be safe, be smart, don't hurt anyone, don't get hurt, and you know hopefully collect collect evidence that's going to be viable.
1: Which is is where I think we're getting to. Uh, we're getting, you know, uh, I'm in contact with a lot of people now and starting to really collaborate with a lot of folk. And uh, just, I, you know, uh, every year you get asked the question: you know, "Is there anything new going to come out? Is there anything exciting? Are we just going to go through the same old hoaxes and this and that?" There's always going to be hoaxes, hoaxers. There's always going to be um, false data. Uh, but I see quite the collective front of positive stuff, stuff that's very interesting to me and, and those I work with, that I see huge leaps and bounds in, in the study of this. Uh, of course, looking at the past, there was huge leaps and bounds. But I, I don't think we're backtracking, uh, in some aspects possibly, but I think we're moving forward with the this research. Uh, and it's getting to a point where, it's for me personally. Like I'll say, and I'll say time and time again, it's exciting and just it's a golden era. Well, I think I agree with you. It's a, it is a golden era, and uh, you know once you get through all the uh, kind of the bull crap and stuff <clears throat> that's laid out before you, and those that are actually out there doing uh, as citizen scientists and as scientists, we're starting to get somewhere. And uh, you know, uh, you know the the Ohio conference once again. Is a perfect avenue to for this stuff, some of this stuff to be shared with with the general public and those that are enthusiastic about the subject.
3: Yes, yes, indeed it is, and and uh, you know, like I said, we have an opportunity, and we also have a responsibility as 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 researchers and investigators to to uh, you know try to do our best to not only uh, promote public awareness but also from a positive outlook outlook uh you know sharing information and working together and you know i'll be 100 percent honest if if uh, joe schmo ends up finding a body and becomes famous i could care less you know if it's him and not someone i know or it's not me i mean i'm Really, that's not important to me. What's more important to me is just the public awareness and and making sure that things are being documented properly and that uh, and that people know, especially the the people that aren't too knowledgeable on the subject, know that these things aren't going. They're not there to hurt you. They're not the they're not monsters or or things like that. They're just they're just animals or or, or hominids or whatever you want to call them that are just trying to survive. And and you know what? They're doing a heck of a good job doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you bring up an interesting point. You personally don't think that Sasquatch is out there harming anybody, but there are reports and, you know, um, blog shows that, that kind of revolve around that subject of of the evil side of, you know, Sasquatch. Do you think in all your years of research, I mean, you got David Polides out there uh, with his book, Missing 401. It kind of beats around the subject, in my opinion. Um, but it kind of, kind of, you know, revolves around the subject of Sasquatch. Do you think Sasquatch, in general, uh, given your experience and research and those you collaborate with, are uh, this evil entity out there or, or something uh, capable of hurting people? No, I, I do not, and I, I
3: think that David's books are are well written. And, and <coughs> what I like about them is that they're basically you can plug in any character into the role of the abductor. If you want to plug in grizzly bears, you can do it wolves. You can do it. Bigfoot. You can do it. Stalker. You can do it. Jared from subway. You can do it. I mean, we can go down the line (laughs) and, uh, and as long as he doesn't commit to anything, he's just keeping it as an open book. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean sales he should have been a car salesman and and uh which would be huge because I mean he really does a great job doing that. I mean, I'd hire him on my sales team, no doubt and uh <laughs> um but you know what, he keeps an open book and he doesn't come right out and blames anything right. specific, but he kind of just gives the possibility, and you know what he does a fine job doing that, so give him credit for it, and uh you know people are interested in mystery. And you know disappearance—that's something big. I mean, sure, lots of us and lots of people we know have had friends or families or distant relatives where there's been stories of having family members come up missing and what's taking them. I don't know—is it Bigfoot? I don't know. Do I think it is? I don't think it is. But uh, but you know, like I say, it's just a it's just a smart way of adding uh, possibilities to a subject like like just missing people in general. And uh, um, so so you know, like I say, I, I've never in all the years I've been interviewing witnesses, have ever had a report of Bigfoot being aggressive unless it was shot at or being chased. And typically uh, when it was being aggressive, it would throw stuff at you, try to get you to stop and run like hell. So, yeah. I mean, what's that telling you?
1: Yeah, and, and I so, think people, uh, you know, whether you're experienced or not, in the woods, Sasquatch Sasquatches related, and same where they're doing some of this stuff, um what, what is your? What is you know? Uh, everybody's opinion of aggressiveness it differs. You know, uh, if something throws a rock at you, hits a tree, um, shakes some branches, you know, they find that aggressive when in fact it may not be. We just don't know. I mean, that's just the truth. We don't know. It could be just their normal behavior. It could be, uh, we just don't be know. you know, it you could just
3: be playful. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, well <laughs> when you think when you think about it, when those incidents happen, why would a, a Bigfoot that's hiding in the woods throw a rock at you? Well. Especially if it's hidden well and you didn't know it was there. Well, obviously, the direction you're going in, there must be more of them. Well, when all of a sudden, boom, a rock hits at your foot, what do you do? You stop, look, wonder, get scared, start wondering what's going on, and then all of a sudden something else lands. And so what they want to do, is they're basically just hurting you out. And if they can get you to turn, turn tail and go, that's, that's a win for them. And if they have to act a little bit of aggressive, aggressive on that, especially without even being seen, that's a big plus for them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I mean, let, the problem is the human mind has lots of ideas in it. And, see, if you're walking, walking through the woods and a rock the size of a kickball lands 10 feet away, what's your, what's your idea? What are you thinking? You're thinking, no, oh, something ain't right here. We better leave. And then as soon as you start leaving, the Bigfoot's already won. But if you're hanging around, they're going to start doing more stuff. And, uh, you know, like I say, if you have a gun, if you're acting aggressive, I mean, they're only going to act naturally, you know, to defend their them and their families. And you know what? It'd be like anyone coming into your home or our homes. You're going to do the same thing.
0: You're going to act defensive. So, Mark, we've yeah. got a, a caller on the line that has a question for you. Um, I think he's a friend of yours from uh, high school, so hold on just a sec. David, are you there?
4: I'm here. Okay.
0: You are on the line. You got a question for Mark?
4: Mark, how are you?
0: What's going on, fruitcake? How are you?
4: (laughs) I knew that word was going to come out.
3: (laughs) Oh, good. How are you, Dave? How's everything
4: going? (laughs) I... I wanted to call into your blog talk radio show and, you know, give props to Monster X and all you guys do. I think it's a great format to let people know about what's going on. I've known Mark for 40-something years, and he can throw a I'm Nerf sorry. ball like. Did you hear me? Hello? Yeah, go ahead,
2: Dave.
4: I was saying that Mark can throw a Nerf ball like no other. I've known this guy a long time And you know Kind of a uh, Sideline Observer of the Bigfoot Community so I'm kind of an outsider But I've known him a long time so I I wanted Mark to share with The listeners You know his personal experience because You know I think it's a fucking great story
3: (laughs) (laughs) I understand but and I and I have shared my experience, but, you know, and I always tell people, like I've told you, is the, the best place to come see it is live because you got to see the video to understand it. And, uh, you know, and I'll be doing a talk here coming up here on April 15th and uh, the Holmesville County or the Holmesville or Holmes County public library in Millersburg, Ohio. Um, so you're more than welcome to come down there and I will talk about my experience and show the video and, things like that but it, let's just say dave that that after that happened you know that experience happened it just completely you know kind of befuddled me because i i was so caught off guard about what it you know when that all happened and went down that it it changed my outlook for my for my entire life is what it did and it kind of turned me into a kind of a mainstream bigfoot uh you know let's just say uh um believer but also someone that wanted to promote the believing end of it because i thought it was important that people knew this this these creatures and that you know what you know you can laugh all you want but there's a lot of people that we all know and we don't even realize that have had an experience because they didn't know what to pin the experience on and nowadays because of all the popularity people are are uh, you know, starting to think about, hey, you know, in 1974, remember when this and this happened? You know, and we just didn't know what it was. Could that have been a Sasquatch? So, so, uh, um, but you know, like I say, Dave, I mean, when are you going to be in town next?
4: Yeah. Come well, to come. We'll you're more than more. welcome to more. come
3: over. I'll give you the whole. I'll we'll put it on the big screen and get some uh, some some Miller Genuine Drafts and have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's old days, huh? <laughs> And, DD, uh, that's funny. But, well, you live in—I mean, you live in Colorado, um, Dave, and you guys have the the cabin out there. I mean, where you guys are living, there's sightings. T- you know, three, four miles away, there have been sightings there. So, we I mean, maybe, outside. maybe.
4: We sit outside happens? sometimes, Trisha and I, and we yes. hear shit that we don't understand. What what we're hearing because it sounds like, you know, a fucking wolf or a. Um, a bear getting mauled. I'm like, what the fuck huh. was that? Now, we, I have we, no we live, idea. We have BLM land, and we're surrounded by uh, national forest. So we got about 100 acres around us. And, you know, we have a, a vacation rental that's on VRBO. So if you ever want to come, going to plug a little bit of Cripple Creek because you got to come and go <laughs> gambling nice, and though. go – See the shit that's in Colorado Springs But we've heard some shit at night It's unexplainable And I've got claw marks on Garbage barrels that are on, on my house Cabled to the deck And there there's some Some pretty gnarly You know black bear claw marks On the garbage barrels And you know the, the bears don't come around anymore So there's something in the area We don't know what it is It could be mountain lion I don't know but you hear some shit that's getting murdered at night, and there's a bighorn sheep less than a half mile from us. You know, we used to see them regularly. You know, ten, eleven o'clock in the morning every day. The numbers are thinned out. Like, I'm not saying that I've seen a sighting, but I've heard shit at night. You know, I should start start doing audio recordings, and that's yeah, why yeah, have, that's, a, that's how that's, that's going to mark about uh, audio, video, or DNA evidence. Cause audio, yeah, that, audio evidence is good too.
3: You know, oh, of course it, it makes, is. You need to, you need to get yourself some uh, digital recorder and some really good external microphones and set them up on your guys deck and just let them record on a loop. And this way, when you guys are sleeping you'll be able to review the audio the next day and see what you have. And you know that would be definitely beneficial, but, uh, but, but well, that, well, thanks for calling Dave. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, like I say, when you're in town to see the folks, you got to, we got to get together.
0: That's interesting, Mark. So, so you actually have. Dave, Dave was was talking to me in the chat in private about about your experience, and he was saying that to ask you about this video and your personal experience. So. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about the video that you
3: have?
0: I mean, you took a video you know, when, when
3: when I in... when I when I had my my incident, when I had my my incident was... in 1997,
0: 97, okay. I
3: had a video camera with me and, you know, and I managed to catch, you know, something on video that uh certainly looks primate in nature. That's all I'll say and it's just something I don't it's not on YouTube, it's not on any social media. I don't share it basically the only time i ever show it is is at, at my lectures and mm-hmm. uh and i let people be the judge of it and and uh you know and i've told dave many times you know when you get in town come on over i'll show it to you and it's just like i say it's something i'm not too proud of only because i was so ill prepared that day and if i wish that things could have been different i wish i would have known how to use my camcorder better and uh it was cuz of mm-hmm. a brand new camcorder i never read the directions type thing and uh right. you know, it's just just one of those things that to me, although it happened, it's it wasn't a proud moment in terms of the camcorder, let's just say. And uh but it, well, it's definitely an of, interesting piece of footage.
0: But you I mean you have to join the club of everybody that basically <clears throat> is taking <coughs> Bigfoot footage. I mean, were you out Bigfooting at the time that this happened or? You know what, not at that specific time.
3: I, we were, I was actually looking for badger dens, which were roughly about a mile or so off the road by an old coal pile in a strip mine. And it was on the way out that that this happened. There was something following or maybe pacing or stalking. And uh, it, you know, the initial impression was that it was, was like a cat. Mm-hmm. And then when finally getting close enough to the road where, uh, you know, I'm thinking about uh, getting getting out of there is is when when everything happened and uh, and uh, the rest was history let's say and you know and like I say when I when I when I come out uh, to are you gonna be at Beachfoot this year? Yep. Yep. Yeah, well I'll I'll bring it out with me and I'll show it to you. And this okay. way you guys can, yeah. can, Fantastic. can yeah. Yeah, i will be glad to. I mean, well, like I say, I mean, I don't like putting anything on social media. I don't like doing YouTube and stuff like that. I, I'm pretty private with it because, like I say, to mm-hmm. me it's an embarrassment. But, uh, but everyone loves it that sees it. But to me it's like I just, just keep that's – that's probably a three-day period I, of 72 hours that I didn't sleep the entire time because I couldn't believe what happened. Right. And it and, just and really –
1: As Cliff Berrickman would say, that's bigfooting. I mean, uh, I know you weren't out doing that, but that—that's bigfooting. You know, it's—it's—it's. You know, it's hard um, to be prepared all the time, and I I do my best and I try, but there's times where I just I I mess up. I I, we all do. Um, Whether it's sleep, you know, you're sleep deprived, um, you're just not on your a game. Uh, Things happen, you know. I mean, go. uh, You know, I've had deer and bear and all sorts of things run across me, and I try to take a photo, and it's gone, and it's done. I'm like, oh, yep. what the heck? We're talking about known, uh, proven species, and I did a bad job on just, you know, wanting to get a photo or a video and screwed up, and, or it's just too quick. I mean, we're not talking about something that, uh, I mean, we're not talking about <laughs> something that hangs around uh, waiting to be, uh, have a, its picture taken, you know, and to be prepared oh, yeah. for a scenario, Wow, I mean, near impossible. You know,
3: and the well, weird most, thing
0: is—is is, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I mean, most of these encounters are so brief and fleeting that that it, it's um, to even catch anything on, on video, unless you're walking around with a GoPro on you, strapped to your head and to your you know to your back every time that you're out in the woods. The chances are so low of getting any kind of footage, you know, any kind of footage. Let alone, you know, you talk about your the circumstances that that you captured your video in. You know, it's you're talking about you. First of all, you weren't Bigfooting, so you weren't looking for that. You know, your your brain is already fried when you see something that in that experience.
3: Yeah, and and that was the weird thing because earlier in that day. Me and another couple other guys, we were actually out in an area where we were doing a little bit of big footing, and then, and then I remembered what a guy had told us the previous fall about about seeing badgers over this area. So we agreed to just go down and check out the badger den, and, and there was also a bald eagle's nest that was kind of new to the area on the other side that the one guy wanted to go check out. So it was kind of uh, one of those things where we just decided on a whim to just uh, – uh, um, head down there just just to find these bad this badger den so you kind of turned your bigfoot meter off and and you're more concentrated on something else it's kind of like when i go birding when i go birding i'm looking for birds i'm spotting in the trees and and uh and uh and and so on so uh it was just kind of a weird experience and uh and uh let's just say you'll learn more in
0: you'll learn more in july something another reason to come to beachfoot.
3: But exactly, I guess,
0: exactly. I can't <laughs> wait. So I but it I I liked it, that it came out that because it, it it provides a context for what what drives you to to be a teacher. Um you have a lot of interest in in sharing um foot stuff with young with young people, which it, I think is cool. And uh and and you spend it a lot. I mean, people don't realize, I think, how much time that that um, organizers of these kinds of events pour into them. It's a, a huge investment of time and energy and and finance, and and um, to get the end result. I think people think that don't, they just don't think about it. I think they think somebody waves a magic wand mm-hmm. and it all happens. But uh, you you uh, you do a huge amount of work to to make the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, uh, a success, and one of the huge, one of the largest events, if not the largest Bigfoot event in anywhere. So kudos to you. And uh, well, it does add context to know your you know your story, uh, what drives you to to uh, do such a good job with it.
3: Well, you know, like I say, I I I'm a firm firm believer that if you when you do something you should do it as good as you can and and uh and i thought i i truly felt that uh you know uh if you you do a really good event people will talk about it and you know part of it was trying to get more people to come out of the woodwork tell their stories because you know when you have a good venue that receives good good reviews people are more than willing to come up and say hey you know I'd like to tell you what had happened to me and and uh, you know even if it's real old information it's still information that adds pieces to the puzzle and uh, um, you know like I say I always say um, I feel very fortunate to be you know, in Ohio and, and with all these great folks that I, I hang with and deal with, kind of like you guys have your big posse of buddies out west, you know, too. And uh, you know, we should feel very lucky to have that those people that care about each other and, and uh, the willingness to share information. Because, like I say, I'm the last person in the world that's not going to tell you to where where to go in Ohio to look for Bigfoot, even if it's my own specific location. Because as far as I'm concerned, if they go and have a sighting, it just adds more credence to me. So, you know, it's a win-win for everyone.
0: Right, and this yeah, and I. My mantra is collaboration, not competition. So I mean, that's exactly we've had enough in the past. Of I mean, we we can solve this thing, but it's got to be together. Work you know as much collaborating as as we can do. It, it just it just builds as pieces to the puzzle. So, um, indeed. Well, let's talk a. Little, talk a little bit more about the conference mark what what uh what's something unusual that that uh, we're going to see at this conference i mean we'll have a bobo sighting so that that's kind of unusual what else have, what are you excited about about the conference
3: Oh well, i'm just ex- i'm kind of excited about uh um meeting gold 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 bobcat of course and uh, and then I'm obviously excited to just meet a lot of new faces, having the people coming in from New Zealand. Um, I'm looking forward to see some of these new eyewitness drawings that are going to be going to be unveiled at the conference. And and then I'm what I'm really excited about is all the awesome items that have been sent to us by like authors and different bigfooters like for door prizes and stuff so so i mean there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be winning a lot of cool things and and then there's going to be a lot of things for kids to do and you know obviously i look forward to uh you know seeing their involvement and and uh and so on and then of course you know kind of the tribute to Bob uh you know if if you notice we unveiled the t-shirt design today if you happen oh, yeah. to notice Fantastic. And, uh, you know, and obviously, yeah, it does. Michael Assorti did just an unbelievable job. And, and, uh, and considering the, you know all the things that he's gone through because moving from Connecticut to Louisiana, changing jobs, and him and his wife, and moving all their animals and horses and stuff from Connecticut, and selling homes, and I I just was amazed that he would still be able to pull it off, and and uh, and and he does it as a volunteer and as a friend, and and uh, you know, and to have people like that, it just it just really gets you excited and pumped up, and and then of course you know all the cool. I love art, so all the cool art that gets sent in and you know, that kind of stuff. I always look for all that new stuff. And, and I, of course, I can't wait to see some of the vendor tables because we have a lot of vendors as always, and they're always coming up with new crafty ideas and, and creations to see and buy. And, and me, and if you guys, you know, probably know me, I have, I'm a big collector of things, especially books and paintings and, and artwork and stuff. So, uh, um, I can't wait to see what I'll be able to get my hands on. And, and then, of course, you know, one of these days I'll actually get to attend the conference and, and sit down and watch the talks, and then I could actually kind of get the feel of it. So I have to watch it on, on the the video links <laughs> a few months later <laughs> and, and to see what happens. But uh, that's just, I mean, you know, and, and that's something that I'm willing to go go with. I mean, I'd rather have someone else have a good time and where I can help making sure everything runs smooth and efficient. And if every, if every, you know, anyone who knows me will, will tell you that sm- being smooth and efficient is important. Being on time is important. Uh, and, uh, you know, I like to be able to advertise and say, this is going to last from this time to that time. And uh, when it hits that time, people are able to get up and walk away if they want to. So, and of course it never goes to that because people want to talk and you know how big foot uh, you guys have been to, to, to the events where, you know, it ends at eight o'clock and you're not leaving till ten thirty. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's just what it is. It's just, like I say, it's a fun subject to talk about. And, uh, and, uh, so, you know, so that's really what I'm looking forward to. And I'm just looking forward to see the people enjoying themselves. And, you know, to me, that's the single most important thing to see all the smiles on the faces, the kids happy and, and, uh, everyone happy. And, uh, know, so, and to me the, you know, the best, Part about it is just picking everyone up at the airport and and uh you know just start on the journey to the end of the journey and uh you know it's just a fun time and and I look forward to that and uh yeah i'm sure I'm sure guy's gonna add some 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 fun to it too so
1: he always does he always manages oh i to know barrel laughs and a barrel of information uh guy's a perfect uh individual to have. At the uh, the, the uh, Ohio Bigfoot Conference, but Mark, you seem to you seem to at least in your head, I would imagine an idea of who you want at the to present at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we, you tend to stay away like we do from the kind of woo wooishness uh, that's out there, but you also include those individuals that really, I think provide some compelling stuff some really solid data some solid stuff that are are really involved in in figuring this phenomena out you know and that to me is a, a key pillar to a conference um is is going in that direction
3: yes yeah uh, and I, and, I, and I agree I mean I I try to find subject matter that I would want to listen to you know, for example, last year we had Dr. David Floyd, and and he was more into the mythology and the folklore end of it. And I had never really heard a talk that was aimed that that angle. And I thought it would be a great educational tool, so people could really understand. That, you know, these types of creatures, they've been in mythology, they've been in folklore for a long time. It's just that, you know, a lot of times it just doesn't say you know, that, you know, Bigfoot or Sasquatch or whatever it's, but but when you read more into it, you know, then you start thinking to yourself, hey, this could be, you know, related to that subject. Well, you know, where this year, you know, you have Sibylla and Sibylla being an eyewitness, like a sketch artist, to eyewitness sightings and be able to tell about what you're seeing and have someone draw it to the T or as close as possible is amazing. And that's something that uh, I think people will show a lot of value in. And, you know, like going back to Guy, his historical, you know, uh, aspect and, and knowledge of, of the, the subject from from the beginning to the to current state. I mean, that's another thing. A lot of people don't know who Renee DeHinden is. A lot of people no. don't know about John Green or, or or even Roger Patterson, believe it or not. I mean, people just they forget they're more into, you know, finding Bigfoot or or, or the mainstream, you know, you know, uh, society of today. And uh, so we have to educate them about the history. This way they can understand why shows like Finding Bigfoot have become such a success. Mm -hmm. So,
1: Yeah. Uh, Once again, I agree with you. And it's important to reflect upon the the, the past to get anywhere. Um, So you can repeat or don't repeat some of the past mistakes. But if you don't know your history on the subject uh, and you're coming to this blind, I mean uh, – I don't think you're going to be that lucky, and you're really not going to get anywhere. Uh, it's important to reflect upon the past and those that have gone before you. Um, you know, you're standing on their shoulders, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, you know, people like John um I'm a huge fan of John. He's a friend of mine and a friend of yours. And um, he, th- those are the people that I really want to do justice with this subject. Uh, you know, uh, they've they've spent and and not only spent amount of time on it, but they've also put their 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 uh, livelihoods um, <clears throat> on the line due- Speaking yes. this subject matter I mean hugely And, and that truly, 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 mm-hmm. truly uh, Is amazing to me uh, For those individuals that stand by what they say And put their neck out there To pursue this subject And it, it is really amazing to me And I respect them wholly To the fact that I want to do them justice uh, so much.
3: Yes, I, I, I completely agree. And, and, you know, like you talk about Dr. Bender Nagel, you know, uh, Jeff Meldrum, you know, Dr. Mm-hmm. Meldrum. Uh, and then of course you have the late Grover Krantz and Myra Shackley and, 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 and uh, you know, the, the late John Napier. I mean, yeah. these are people that really put their necks out on the line and could, and really could care less what other people thought. And, and, uh, You know, to hear some of the stories and some of the things and the ridicule they went through, but yet they're still standing. And, uh, you know, I would be so honored if, you know, this thing gets proven to exist, you know, through DNA evidence. Uh-huh. To see their faces, yeah. the looks on their face, the, f- the face of relief, and and uh, and knowing they were right the whole time, and I hope yes. this comes because they deserve it, and and we should respect them. And I know some people will say, well, I don't like doctor this, I don't like him for that or her for that or whatever. But you know what? You know that's that's your opinion, but it, you got to give these people the kudos they deserve because if it wasn't for them, yep. these shows wouldn't have anyone from a scientific background backing up some of the facts and the evidence. So, you know, kudos to yep. them, and, and like I say, I, I I I they're I highly respect them. So,
1: yeah, wow, I mean, yeah, excellent stuff. You know, John. Um, uh, John Benderneagle, you know he, you know he can't wrap his head around. Uh, I, you know he writes in his books and he's, you know, talked to me at length about this. Why uh, his his um, why science in general and, and the people that he works with can't uh, accept or look into this subject? It's truly mind-boggling to him. And it's one of his biggest issues is that they just turn a blind eye for the most part on some of the data out there, some of the evidence. And they look at it as a cheesy subject. Um, and, and I know for John, personally, it's one of his biggest issues. Why do you think, Mark, science can't um, really wrap their, hand, their head around this? Uh, you know, those with credentials, those that are involved in the sciences, why can't they uh, look at this a little more serious?
3: It, it, there's a, It's a very easy reason why. It's because <clears throat> science can't change on the fly, everything's so long and drawn out. And when you're making textbooks to teach universities, and and you're you're making, uh, should I say scientific uh, or, or or museum art? Your your housing museum collections of things, you know, if something like this would just come on and say, yes, it exists. What does that do to all these books that were written about evolution or about primate evolution or things like that, or, or just primates in general? How does that, and what is, what does that do to the family tree? What does that do to our relation of for, to humans, to apes and so on? I mean, it would throw so many wrenches into everything that these people were brought up to be and taught and and talk to teach to other people that it it could in some ways alter their careers. And and when I say that a lot of them are textbook writers and, and if all of a sudden their last 10 textbooks have to get trashed because of something new, they're not happy about it. So the best thing for them to do is just say, "I, I don't think there's enough there to it and just to keep pushing it away. And eventually, like you said earlier, this younger generation, of scientists, they're going to be ones that aren't going to push away, and they're trying to get away from the old school into the new, and that's that's what we're going to be waiting for is this new generation, and uh, that's our best hope.
1: That is our best hope, <clears throat> you know. Uh, some of the current investigators and some of the those joining um, this endeavor, that that is our hope, and uh, to get them involved, fantastic. You know, I, I feel really, uh, I I hope before some of uh, my peers some of those that i look up to um pass away or you know whatever Uh, i hope to uh, that there's something really some real substance there to to get them uh, to put a smile on their face like you said earlier i i I live for that moment and hope for that and i think we're getting there i think there's a you know, with this collaboration and and those getting involved in the subject and some of the results and some of the findings I'm seeing, I'm, I'm excited about it and I, I hope to do those guys justice because to me, you know it, you know they are uh, in some aspects, you know that Jane Goodall's out there and and whatnot uh, that that have just flipped the scientific community on on end. Um, I hope they see a smile on their face at the end of the day and that uh, they can look back and go okay my work my work, everything i put my neck out there for all the work i've done <clears throat> really um was for nothing and that uh, they get the the amount of um kudos that they deserve period
3: and, and 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 you know what Shane i think the bigfoot community as a whole because it's growing at such a rapid pace i think that they're the the appreciation they're showing to these people is kind of giving them that that extra fire to to keep pushing forward, because, you know what, if it was if they if it was really getting that bad, I think they would have been out of it a while ago. But but right. the it's been on the upward swing and and, and old science is in denial but uh and 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 soon it's it's going to be mainstream and uh and like i say this it the, the it's turning the tide has turned it's just going to still take some time
1: it's going to take some time definitely it's going to take some time it's going to take uh a little bit more effort um that's been out been out there as of now which is being done and uh exciting times to be in Mark, got a question for you. What are your thoughts on habituation? Uh, you know, uh, For me, personally, uh, I'm not a big fan of the word habituation. Uh, uh, a lot of people claim to habituate with Sasquatch. Um, if you look up the word, it doesn't make sense. Uh, and I think if people were really regularly habituating with Sasquatch, for me personally, we'd uh, have this problem solved a long time ago. What are your thoughts on the on the word habituation and some of those claiming uh, habituation?
3: Well, I, you know, it's one of those <laughs> subjects. It's it's kind of like, uh, you know, in some cases, some of these people might have some validity it, that maybe mm-hmm. once in a while a a bigfoot or two are coming through their property and maybe making some kind of contact or at least letting them know that they're there. But in terms right. of pure habituation, wouldn't that mean like? Uh, you know, having them there 20, you know, all year around, constantly living in that area. And one thing that bothers me about that, because any, anyone knows this about animals, if an animal has a, a main territory or an area where it stays in, it's eventually going to be found. I mean, uh, right. And be, because it's not willing to leave. And I think one thing that makes Bigfoot, you know, an amazing, amazing, you know, creature is the fact that, you know, if you put a subdivision in in the middle of, it, of its, you know, 100-acre woodlot, it's not going to worry or squeal or howl about it. Yeah. It's going to be upset, but guess what it does? It leaves. It just continues going to other known places. And I think part of their success is moving. So to say that they're habituating all year around, I I don't buy it at all. And it's kind of like, you know, driving down the road and then boom over the guardrail, you go. I mean, I think some people just want it to be true. And, and uh, you know, like I say, I mean, it's it's just something that I'm not a I'm not a big fan of myself of that term, but I mean yes, could you have where you might have a couple months in the summer where some Bigfoots are hanging around? Yeah, of course you could, but to sit there and say it's an all year round thing, uh, I, no way in hell. Because if if that was the case, someone would definitely bag one of these things, and uh, and that would be because of its willingness to not to leave, and uh, so so, you know. It's just something, I, I'm not a fan of it, so that, I'll leave it right. at that. So
1: Yeah, 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 I mean, really, I'm not seeing anything compelling, I mean, quite honestly, not, uh, I've seen nothing compelling come out of those that claim habituation. Uh, I think uh, it may, it's very misconstrued. Uh, the word is used too readily, uh, and it's available, so they claim habituation, where in fact, you know, you may have a Sasquatch in an area that's there for a period of time, but I don't call it habituation i don't habituate with bears or deer and stuff they're around and they pass through you know uh, whatnot but i don't habituate with them um exactly yeah
2: yeah (laughs) well you know
3: i mean and the and the you know the, the people the gifting and everything like that you know uh you ever you ever notice that you know if they put a camera up you know, to watch the gifting bowl, all known animals are the things taking the taking the goodies. But when the camera's not up or there isn't a camera involved, then it's Bigfoot. So you know, I'm sorry, if when food is left out, anything and everything wants to take advantage of an easy meal, even if it's a Milky Way. I mean heck I had one of those yesterday. I thought it tasted excellent, so you know, so take that
0: for what sure. it is. But
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: but yeah, I think I think that people take the term habituation and, and misuse it, It, you know, they could have multiple experience, you might have multiple experienced witnesses where they, they have something like they live in an area where they, like you say, pass through, but having them habituated is a very specific, has a very specific definition, and uh, I'd to see proof of that, so.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. And, I mean, and you know, the thing that aggravates me most are the photos that are always out of focus. I mean, when those, I mean, and then people are reacting with all this happiness to them and it's like, you know, people, you could take your crappy cell phone camera and just start taking photos and at least five out of 10 are going to be in focus. How could 40 in a row be totally out of focus? I mean, it, just doesn't make sense, and, and why people buy into it, I don't know, but you know, I guess that's just you know, people people, you know, wanting everything to be true, and uh, you know, it's
1: fine, but come on, you know, be be
3: realistic
1: Yeah <clears throat> Bottom line, be realistic and look and think about what you're looking at uh, you know, uh, there is solid evidence out there, I think and there are some de- really good data, um, we don't need to go as far as to look at a grainy picture and call that something that it is not, or at least exactly. you know, absolutely nail it down to something that it's not. You know. um, there's plenty of grainy pictures out there that may or may not be, but it's not good enough. Uh, it's just not good enough, and it never will be.
3: Um, of course not. So, and if anything, it just kind of brings the the, the reality of the subject even down lower. Because when Mm -hmm. you start saying this is Bigfoot and people look and the normal Joe looks at and says, "What are they talking about?" Then they say these people are crazy and you know the the whole nine yards. So then it then it looks good. It it looks doesn't look good is what I mean. And uh, right. um,
1: Well, the the problem I think the the problem I think with with the subject of Sasquatch is that uh, a lot of people we all kind of get lumped into that group i mean we just get lumped into one big there's not like a different you know uh, different uh look at those investigating it's just like okay everybody's crazy uh everybody's seen the same thing it's just you get lumped into this this weird thing where (laughs) outsiders go okay uh that's crazy they're all nuts
0: exactly
3: Exactly, and and you know that's why it's really important. Like I like I tell people at every one of my lectures I do, the first thing I always tell them is that, you know, I know a lot of you are excited to be here, but you know, I'm going to tell you right now, even what comes out of my mouth, you need to keep your skepticals on, as Ray Crow would say, and yeah. uh, you have to. You have to look at it like this thing doesn't exist. You can hear what I have to say, or there's a witness that's here, hear what they have to say, but you have to be the one to make the judgment on if, if you think it's real or not. That's uh, that's and, and I always tell people, you need to go out on your own and find out the truth yourself. Look into it even more. If there's something that happened close to where you live. Go check it out. See what it's about. Maybe you could find something that might say yay or nay. So, Well, be honest with yourself, and a lot of people
1: don't want to be that. No, they don't. And, you know, uh, some of the other questions come through chat is the amount of debauchery. (laughs) I'll use the word debauchery because they use it. Uh, With the DNA evidence uh, being promoted out there as as factual, uh, as as proof that Sasquatch exists, Um, I'm not seeing it. Uh, I know and a lot of people disagree with me, and that's fine. Uh, I could be wrong. But do you see any... Um, harmful effects or anything wrong with some of those that claim that that uh, they have one, you know, the proof that Sasquatch exists via this DNA evidence.
3: Yeah, I, and I couldn't agree more that uh, you know this this so-called evidence is it's not complete, and to sit there and bring it out and saying it's the it's the real McCoy without having any, you know, complete proof to back it up is it's crazy. It just makes, it just makes it look, look like it's a, it's, it's a joke basically. And, uh, um, you know, it's just another frustrating aspect and why, why people are so, or should I say trying so hard to prove something without the actual, you know, the, the evidence needed to, 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 to prove what, you know, what this thing exactly is. And I think we're running into this where people are jumping the gun too early, and then it makes everyone just look look bad, especially in the yeah. long run. Well,
0: yeah, all evidence requires context. I mean, people cut exactly. a fuzzy picture and then and then don't have you know here's a big one in a tree. Okay, what's the context? You so you were able to stand there and get a picture, but you weren't able and you were close enough to you, you couldn't get another picture or stay to take a, a picture when it moved. Or take a picture when it wasn't there anymore. I mean, and and then what's you have this group of people that when they present evidence, it's evidence because I say it's evidence. Is you know, and don't question it because then I'll I'll get all butthurt and and we'll have an argument about it. But I don't have. A oh yes. For that I mean, it's really it's you know it's until we get. I mean, it's going to take a a specimen alive or dead. And I'm not advocating going out and shooting a big, but I'm just saying this is what it's going to take to prove the science, or some kind of long-term study, you know, of of them with with multiple pieces of evidence, including video and audio and DNA and, and and mm-hmm. good all kind of thing. Which I, I'd love to see happen, but but is it going to happen? I'd like to see it in my lifetime, but who, who knows?
3: Yeah, and 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 so, I, agree, I agree, Gunner. I mean. Uh, Jane Goodall type, you know, outlook and in, in study would be something that would be very compelling. That especially if it's over a, a good long period of time, where they're they're basically building up more and more documented evidence, would be awesome. But I also think that the 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 kill route is probably what's going to happen. Is what where one's probably going to be found dead or accidentally shot. I mean, let's face it. You know, there's going to be a hunter out there one day that something comes around the corner, scares the you-know-what out of them, and they shoot in defense only because they're fearing their lives because they've never seen anything like it. And, you know, maybe something like that will happen. And when that does, you know, that's going to be, you know, obviously if the body gets brought in, that's going to prove beyond reasonable doubt. But uh, I definitely won't be the one involved in that end of it. But uh, if something's going to happen and it's going to be good or bad, that's that's all you can really know. Right. Right. And,
0: I mean, the other alternative would be find, you know, find a body that died of, suddenly of unnatural causes or, or, or something It'd like the case. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that uh, That would be the, or, or finding some kind of large piece of skeleton. You know, I mean, where the giant cypacus is, that whole that whole existence of that, that species is based on fragments, you know, on, on little tiny pieces of bone, so
3: yeah, exactly, and that, that that's another one that uh, you know on the, the there's not a lot of you know bones that were found of it, but they know it exists, but but uh, and but but they assume that Gigantopithecus was a just a large quadruped because all known right. gorilla type species were quadrupeds, but they don't know, they just assume. So, I mean, so is Bigfoot a gigantic pit that gets descended? Who, you know, who knows? Maybe it is. But, you know, maybe it did walk on two legs. You just don't know. But there's just not enough evidence there in the fossil records. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
2: Right.
1: Now, Mark, uh, we're nearing the end of the show here. Uh, We've got about ten minutes. But um, do you guys film the Ohio Conference? And, and if you do, is it going to be uh, out there for the general public to view after the fact?
3: Typically what we do is, you know, usually to the privacy and the Mm -hmm. exclusivity of the event, we will, we do record it. And what we do is then is that we send all the VIP ticket holders, private links where they can sign in and go in and and be able to view all the presentations, like at a kind of at a host site. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this way, uh, you know, this way, uh, you know, people can hear about it, yet not kind of get, you know, and not fully be able to see it. And this way, they'll want to come out to see it for themselves. And it also yeah. gives the VIP ticket holders kind of something like, you know, where they can go back and look in their archives and see a talk from every year they've attended, and compare it to a current talk that they might have seen. So, um, so no, I mean, we, we used to we used to try the DVD route. The problem with that was it was got so darn expensive to produce them, because it, there's right. so much footage. I mean, if it was different, if it was a two-hour cut-down DVD, but when you're talking, you know, in some cases, 12 hours. I mean, then you're talking yeah. like five, six discs. <laughs> so, yeah. and it was just so expensive, it wasn't worth it. So we decided to go to just the the, the private room with the with the links where all the uh, you know, VIP ticket holders get a kind of an access code to get in and then they can get in and view anything they want. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's yeah. Just another it,
3: reason it's to
0: go, to go to the event. Exactly. You cannot
3: yeah, it, exactly. You can't see it anywhere else. Exactly. And that's, and that's, that's part of that idea. It's just we figure we want to make it special. You want because all these people, you know, they always say they've had such great times and enjoyed themselves. Well, guess what? If if you're sitting there on the sideline saying, you know what, I got to make a point to to, uh, to to get to this event no matter what. So, and that's what you want. You want these people to come and check you out, kick your yeah. tire.
1: Exactly. And what do what. uh what do you want people to take away from conference like this? I mean, what is, like, the top three things you want people to take away from the wild conference?
0: Mark, are you still there, Mark? Oh, did we lose
1: him? I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, uh yeah. Actually, he it actually looks like he...
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we We're, tired. But, uh, well, we were really tired
1: of talking to Mark anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I think uh, Mark would expect. I'm going to speak a little bit for him. I think he, he just wants, first and foremost, to get uh, the subject matter out there uh, to talk to those in the field that are doing um, what he believes the right thing. Uh, and going about it the right way and share their evidence share their story share their uh, endeavors and really get it out there uh, and the Ohio conference will provide that he, he's going to want you know what he I would imagine would expect from the conference is honesty um, and not fallacy uh, you know here here's a uh, results, here's the positive movement that this this, uh, phenomenon is moving in with those researchers engaged in the conference, what they're sharing. You know, that's when I go to a conference, you know, um, I don't agree with everybody, but I I really respect those that uh, I think are doing things the right way and uh, are not saying that this is absolute fact. But here, listen to me. Uh, You have, uh, you know, have an open mind, but listen to uh, what I have to say. And uh, I've been, you know, I mean, like many of the people speaking in this conference have been doing this for many, many years. And they're chipping away, chipping away, chipping away and getting somewhere. And he really has a stellar lineup. I mean, really, truly a stellar lineup of people that I respect. And a few I don't know. But most of them, um, stellar lineup. I mean, I, I... I, I you know, uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, we have Mark back here. Mark, you there?
3: Yeah, I don't know what happened. I just was talking, and then I realized no one was there. Where did I get cut off?
1: Yeah, well, basically the question was, you know, what uh, do you, what do you want people to take away from the, the Ohio Conference uh, specifically this year? You've been at this a long time. It's the biggest conference out there. The st- you know a stellar conference. What do you want people to take away? And I kind of spoke for you a little bit, and I think I'm on the same page with you, but what do you want people to take away from the Ohio conference?
3: Well, that, that Ohio is very serious about Bigfoot research, for one. Two, you need to always respect our, the old-time you know, researchers and investigators from back in the day, and, 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 you know, and obviously Bob Gimlin is, is one of those beacons of hope that you need to learn to appreciate. And uh, always remember, because because of guys like him, people like us are out there in the field trying to find evidence of this c- creature's existence. And then, of course, uh, you know, I just want, you know, people to get along. I mean, I want people to uh, agree and groups to get along and people work together. And I, I want to... S- people to walk away to say that, Hey, Bigfoot has a good future. And, you know, maybe one of these groups are going to be, are going to solve this mystery once mm-hmm. and for all. And then we can go to that next, you know, segment of Bigfoot research and that's documenting everything we can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, this is why I highly recommend uh, an event that you're, you put on here, uh, Mark. Um, and I know, <laughs> well, I don't. I do. I know, and I don't know. But the amount of effort you put into this, I I, I follow you closely, uh, and I see the amount of work and the amount of promotion and and all the things that you do to make this the event to go to, and it's truly truly stellar. Uh, via the guest, via the the area that it's going to be in. I mean, wow! So <clears throat> we look forward to um, maybe down the road having you back on. Uh, to discuss this and uh, wish you all the luck in the world and um, you know just thank you again because Mark, you are uh, for me personally uh, a pillar in the endeavors that I do and the pillar in the, the Bigfoot world because I think personally you're, you're moving in the right direction, you're getting um, uh, notoriety out there for for being the person that you are in engaging uh, multiple people into collaboration. and wow, fantastic.
3: Well, I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and you know, you guys know I always come on for you guys. I don't do a lot of radio shows, uh, you know; it's just time consuming. I got kids and you know other obligations and stuff. And uh, but for you, but for you guys, I'm always willing to because you guys have a, a good outlook on the thing and it's positive. A good vibe comes out of you guys, and that's another thing. And and uh, you know, I just hope one day, you know what, well, you guys could come to the event and. You know, uh, record a show right there and, and then be able to live it rather than just right. hear about it.
0: Right. I hear so, you. Know, I'm um, marking it, yeah. it on my calendar for 2017,
3: so. It'll be the second weekend of May, as always, in 2017. So, you know, if you maybe if you luck out, Henry May can come and pick you up in his buggy and he can buggy you guys <laughs> over or something. I mean, you'll have to leave six months in advance, but you'll eventually get there.
2: Yeah. But...
3: uh Get to enjoy the country the real way. That's right. But, but anyways, well, hey, right. I appreciate you guys have, having, having me on once again. And like I say, you guys do an excellent job. And I, I, I listened to Cliff's interview last week. It was excellent. And uh, I look forward to another successful conference. And, and most importantly, I, I look forward to meet, meeting new people and making new friends. So you guys have a good night. Thanks, Mark. Take care. See you, Shane. See you, Gunner. Bye.
1: See you later. A
0: great night. So I, I, I mean, I Mark's a great guy. I met him. I met him a couple times now. You met him at uh, yeah. uh, the Yakima event and at, uh, um, at the, I believe at Each the, foot. yeah, at foot in it. I, I don't think he made it to the Sasquatch Summit, but uh, he puts no. on a spectacular event. And I, I do want people to know that they're. Um, the tickets, basically the tickets, the event is sold out. They do have some tickets that they put off, you know, overflow tickets or whatever that they sell. Yes. Um, yeah. But the, it's at Ohio. So you would have to go in and, and try and get the, <laughs> hope that you could pick up a ticket there at this point. So that's how popular uh, the Ohio Bigfoot Conference is this year. So, and um, I, I thought it was fun to talk to Mark about his, his own own encounter and that his buddy called in and, uh, we apologize, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Dave apologized to me for his uh, colorful language, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was he was a little wound up about it. So uh, we appreciate you calling in, Dave, and uh, thanks everybody again for uh, listening this Sunday evening and spending your time with us on X uh, Radio. We'll be back next Sunday, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, on Monster X Radio at www.blobtalkradio.com mxr so we'll catch you next Sunday thanks everybody for being here thank you Shane uh, I'll talk to you soon